the day, when people used cassettes, there was an A-side and a B-side. Aside from the homage to Tom's age, we were going to answer this question from Ben, but we got into such a good discussion about it that it took up 20 minutes of the introduction, and we didn't want to stick it in the episode. So what we've decided to do is release these new episodes called B-sides. So enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye out for our next episode. Cheers. Our next text in question uh, comes from our good friend, Ben. Uh, ben is a physical therapist who specializes in treating people with chronic pain. There's lots of crazy awesome new stuff coming out on this topic and how to help people with it. Tom brought up his chronic lower back pain and some fears and beliefs about it in the last episode. Current best evidence in the physical sciences shows a clear and strong correlation between maladaptive beliefs and cognitions, i.e. fear, catastrophization, confusion about why they hurt, what pain is, how to relate to it, and suffering from the experience of physical pain in or around a person's body. My question, in y'all's experience of pastoral counseling, and in Tom's case, his personal experience with persistent lumbar pain slash being old, what might you <laughs> consider a common maladaptive belief or cognition among people experiencing persistent suffering of any kind? Emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, and of course, what might be a solution or methods for people to help ease their own suffering? Hope this topic can make the cut. Always enjoy y'all's candid, honest, and theological perspectives. Thanks. No, Thanks, thank ben. you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. First Although of all, those were all significantly smarter after that question. Yes. Bit, lots of big words, Ben. Lots of big words. Most of them that uh, Gabe and Josh don't understand. So, uh, so true. So yeah, true. it's true. It's true. Um, so, so the bottom line here, though, is this: in, in our experience as pastors and Tom as a sufferer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've just reduced Tom to a sufferer. Sufferer. I, know. Um, I am an old. Once he gets his stuff figured out with this weird diet thing, he's on. I'm just an old regular sufferer. That's just me. Tom, I'm going to mail you my cat because old people love just to sit and pet cats while they wait until they die. <laughs> it's true. Uh, what is a common maladaptive belief or cognition among people experiencing persistent suffering? So what is a way that people think about themselves, about their world, about their life in the midst of suffering that is not good, that is not helpful? In our experience, what have we encountered? I would say one of the easiest ones, because I love just to pick low-hanging fruit, Ben, is the belief that it is a direct result of some iniquity that they have committed mm -hmm. before God. Yep. That people, when they begin to experience something that that is outside of normal uh, suffering, that they immediately jump to the conclusion that they are somehow being punished by God or that they weren't doing something well enough, being good enough, you know, weren't going to church enough, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's a, a, a terrible thing that, that I have had to encounter at least because in my mind, I want to say that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yet at the same time, it is so convincing and so real in their minds uh, that it's really difficult to overcome. Yeah. I, uh, that's one. And I guess, and, and this is maybe right in that same line, but I've definitely come across the, like, I deserve this. Like I've got this coming to me, you know, and in one sense, are we sinners and do we bring some pain on ourselves? Of course. But in another sense, you know, when it's been, you know, and obviously there's things I can't reveal as a pastor, but when there's been instances of abuse or things like that, like that sort of 
terrible way of thinking about their suffering that that somehow they deserve this um in a in a really self-deprecating way um that that's come across several times in in my experience well actually i'm glad you bring that up gabe because by the way can you guys hear my cat who's got the cat i have the cat certainly not me she's my comfort cat so she podcasts. By the way, my cat Pringles podcasts with us every single time we record. So nobody, there you nobody, go, good listeners. Literally nobody cares about your cat, Josh. Anyway, uh, well, he, you're going to care about this. Gabe, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I was just speaking with someone, actually. They called me up on the phone out of the blue. This is someone who has experienced severe trauma, uh, physical and sexual abuse as a child, um, carries immense amount of guilt and uh, and suffering and PTSD as a result of that. And this person calls me up and says, hey, I was reading through scripture and trying to find the promises of God to share with a, some, some promises of God to share with a friend. And she comes across a, a promise of God. I believe she said it was in Deuteronomy or Numbers. I can't recall right now that says that if a child essentially honors their mother or father, that they will be blessed. That That is a promise. Um, there's a promise attached to that. Mm-hmm. And we know that also to be the fourth commandment. And so – because of this, she said, well, I don't feel like that when I share my story or I tell people about my, the abuse I suffered at the hands of my father that I'm honoring my father. And so here's this person who believes that they are somehow breaking God's law and his instruction by sharing the suffering and trauma she experienced at the hands of the, – the sexual and physical abuse she experienced at the hands of her father. And I had to remind her that she was a victim in that. And so to continue to victimize oneself um, in the aftermath of, of trauma or suffering or abuse is, is sort of counterproductive, but also it's not what God desires for us in light of suffering. But it was one so, of those things where, I, like, I was almost thinking, I can't believe I'm hearing this. But her yeah, sharing that time, story, though, is, of course, appropriate, right? No, it, it totally is. Yes, it is absolutely appropriate. And I told her, I said, look, to, to share truthful accounts of what happened to you is right. going to be nothing more than demonstrative of the redemptive power of God. Right. That to come out of that suffering, uh, forget wrestling with the question of whether that's honoring of your father or not, which is, it's, it, it, it's, I mean, it's it, it's not, and it is at the same time. But to be able to share that you were redeemed from this suffering, that you are now able to speak to that suffering and help others overcome trauma in their past, I said that's actually a redemptive, you know, effect of of your own suffering. Um, and so to continue to victimize yourself with guilt or shame is is not what God has done with that experience. And so yeah. I told her, I was like, yeah, share that. You're not dishonoring your father um, because you know your father was a terrible sinner, just like all of us, and he did some incredibly corrupt and abusive things. Yeah. And so to bring those to light isn't dishonoring of your father or in, in other cases, your mother or whatever. Right. Um, it's just simply recounting an experience. Right. And if you life. look at, yeah, and if you look at the history of God's people, one, he calls them on their pasts all the time and their actions. And two, God's people are always recounting the actions of their fathers, forefathers, grandmothers, great-great-grandmothers, whether in positive or negative light, uh, and the way that they've impacted, one, their experiences today, and also their faith and how that journey has either progressed or digressed. And there you have it. I'd like to I'd like to address the the physical piece that Ben was talking about a little bit in his email because I 
text, I, I, Tom. It was a text. Oh, sorry. Tom, it was, it was, was a text. It was really long, so it seemed like an email. Uh, so he talked a little bit about, you know, uh, these things like fear and and causation with, with physical pain and things like that. And as an adult who has chronic back pain, one of the things I think of is I as think older adult as older adult. Thank you. I, one of the things that I, that I think about is I think the pain can definitely send, send a person into depression or, uh, can, can certainly impact their, their quality of life in a lot of different ways. And then that can, that can, I have, what am I trying to say? It, that can have an impact on, on your emotional state as well. Uh, the other way around though, I'm not really sure. Does my emotional, uh, how I'm feeling emotionally, does that impact how I feel physically? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think that can maybe happen with certain people. I see it with my kids when they're a wreck, they haven't had enough sleep and they skin their knee. It's a whole lot worse than if they skin their knee on a good day, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, and you can quickly turn them around. Cause I'm saying, I'm looking at saying, you just scraped your knee. It's not that bad. You distract them and they're back to playing. It wasn't that bad, but if you let them go, it's like they got their leg ripped off. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about, Ben. I'd love for you to text in or email or Facebook us a little bit more context around, especially around that physical piece, because I think that's the most interesting, at least for me, of uh, the, the causation between the two. Awesome. So then the, you know, the converse that says, what, what would be solutions for that? You know, <clears throat> physically, I don't know. I think to Tom's point, we need to explore that a little bit more. Uh, I think, you know, certainly spiritual abuse, emotional, uh, well, not abuse, well, that happens, spiritual abuse does happen, but spiritual suffering, emotional suffering, whatever, uh, it's multifaceted in terms of solutions. I, I don't think there's like a, a silver bullet, but but I will say the the one thing, though, that I do think is absolutely vital is grace, is is the gospel, right? And so Josh and I both kind of mentioned that, that similarly people will come in and they'll be like, well, you know, God's really punishing me for the sins of my youth or, or I'm kind of just such a POS. And so I got this coming my way and whatever else. And, and a proper understanding that like in Christ, like you are forgiven, you are loved, that nothing you do changes that, that nothing you do could ever change how God looks at you and, and the love with, with which, with which he looks at you because you're, you're, you're in Christ. When he sees you, he sees Jesus, nothing you're going to do is going to change that. And so really helping people internalize that moving it that that vital 18 inches from their head to their heart uh to me that's uh that's really a a key piece to the facet of of thinking rightly um in the midst of suffering and this sorry i got one more thing real quick on this though but luther would talk about this because luther you know our boy martin luther uh suffered from what he called anfectung right which was uh kind of his german way of talking about depression and and he would preach to himself and that's what he encouraged people to do is is to speak the gospel into their own lives is to to speak the truth of god's love for them into their own lives and uh, and so that's been been a helpful thing that and i know I've that sounds like obviously kitschy and overly religious but to be quite honest uh as with many many things you're not just going to say church will solve all your problems because it it doesn't there's never a promise attached to that however christ does make all things new 
And that's it for this B-side. Keep an eye out next week for our new episode, but until then, raise a pint and get to preaching.